Good evening, everyone, and welcome again to the Gleaned Podcast. Uh, Pastor is MIA. No, I'm just kidding. He is uh, in Asheville visiting with his brother, Uh, but he will be back next week for the Glean Podcast. So tonight, you just got me and Josh. What's up, everybody? We're going to carry on. Uh, We're not going to talk about healing tonight. We're going to reserve that for the general of the faith when he gets back. But uh, anyway, just a reminder, if you're watching on Facebook, click the like button. Also, click the share button. It don't cost anything. It's free. We just ask you to help us out and do that. And uh, also, while you're watching, if you're watching on Facebook Live, you you can interact with us. Uh, Let us know you're watching. Let us know where you're from. And you can also keep hitting the the heart button or the like button, different things, and it it just lets us know that you're interacting with us. You can also uh, like and share on YouTube. Make sure you do that to help us get the word of God out. We're also on all the other podcast uh, platforms, so you can check those out on our link, and you can find those where you can hear the audio. But we uh, are going to talk tonight a little bit about growth barriers, uh, things that may be blocking you from growing in the things of God or spiritually speaking. Um, I think anybody at any given time in their life— Serving God, it seems like maybe when you first got saved or you first rededicated your life, it seemed like anything you asked God or whatever you asked, it just seemed like just instantly it would happen. And then there would come a time where it seems like you would pray and believe and, and maybe it just didn't seem like anything was happening. And I think a lot of people, that's the point where they fall off. The The larger percentage of people, I would say, Uh, They try to pray about something or believe God maybe for finances or healing or or something uh, along those lines. And when they don't see it come to pass uh, instantly, uh, they get discouraged because we we're raised in a society where everything's instant. Uh, You can put a meal in a microwave and within a few minutes you you can pull out a full course meal. Uh, You can go to a fast food restaurant. Most of them, some of them I think they've misnamed. But, uh, you know, pretty quickly you can get in, get a full course meal, burger, fries, and a drink or whatever, and you're in and out within a few minutes. So we're used to everything being instant, quick, and now. Um, but with the Word of God, sometimes there's things that you need to look at that may be in your life that are that's blocking you from receiving what God is trying to get to you. But you want to jump in on there, Josh? And Yeah, I mean, I, I think everybody has at some point has gone through some of those, those things that you just mentioned. Um, I think the obstacle is, is like, how do, we, how, do we, how, do we get, how do we see Christians get past those growth barriers in their life? And... I think that they all may go through these situations and circumstances, but how do we, how do we move past these things? You know, um, it's, it's, it's important. I've seen too many Christians confess Jesus with their mouth and then years down the road, just totally walk away by something that's happened within the church or to them personally or, um, all kinds of things. And I just like, what was the, what was the root cause 
that prohibited them from walking this far away. They walked so far to Jesus, and then they turned around and almost took a back step and just, they may acknowledge Jesus, but they just don't have that relationship. Right. Yeah. I, you know, that's one of the things, uh, what would be a spiritual barrier or a growth barrier? Well, the blanket statement would be sin. Sin in your life can cause a growth barrier. But to me, I think when most people think of sin, you think of, uh, you know, you think of idolatry, you think of uh, fornication, you, you, you think of all these different things, drunkness, uh, you know, drug use, you know, pornography. You think of all these things, but what I think we really have to do is we have to define what sin really is. Um, sin, simplified as a definition, is just direct disobedience to God. So something could be seemingly good. It may not be a bad thing, but that thing, if God's been dealing with you about it and you, you're just sweeping it under the rug and ignoring it, that now has become a sin. Um, I remember this was years and years ago, but uh, in some of you that's watching, and I know Josh knows that uh, I fully believe that Sundrop is the nectar of heaven, <clears throat> and I believe it'll be overrun founding, fountains of it in heaven. But um, I drank that a lot, and I was uh, I drive an 18-wheeler, and I was going down the road one day, and the Spirit of God spoke to me, and he said, I want you to put these Sundrops down. Now, that was a big step for me. Some of you may think, well, golly, how easy is that? Well, for me, it wasn't. But... Uh, I didn't drink any for, I think it was about three weeks. Uh, just didn't drink them. And, uh, but when I felt like I needed one, I would just begin to worship and praise God. And, and I kept studying and, and uh, seeking God, uh, you know, and didn't really question, well, God, why do you want me to stop them? I just stopped. And then after about three, three and a half weeks went by, I was going down the road one day and, and, I was praying and worshiping, and the Holy Spirit spoke to me plain as day, and he said, okay, you can have that again. And, you know, I couldn't get that 18-wheeler to hit an exit ramp quick enough to get to a store. But what he was doing by that was just seeing if there's anything in my life that prevents me from serving God. Now I have placed that above God himself. And some people don't look at, well, that's kind of a, stupid analogy, but in reality, if I would have not obeyed the Spirit of God and let that something as simple as a soft drink go, I was saying to God, you're God of everything, but I, I have to have this sun drop. It actually has more control over my life than you. And I think if people would stop and look, it could be something as simple as, you know, how much time do you spend in his word? Uh, when we look at life, I mean, you have so many activities if you have children. Uh, there's so many activities that everybody wants their kids involved in with travel sports, and then you got fall sports, you got spring sports, you got winter sports, summer sports. Yeah, I mean, there's all this stuff that we spend all this time uh, with our kids, and I, I'm not saying that that is wrong. But anything that keeps you out of the house of God or anything that keeps you so busy that at the end of the day you don't have time to spend 
with God, it is a growth blocker. It is a barrier that will keep you from the things of God. We can't get through life and be victorious and be what God has called us to be if it's the only time we spend time with God is when we come in on Sunday mornings. Yeah, and I think that you just mentioned two things there. Number one is being in the Word of God and enough people having that concept of God's Word for them, for themselves and for their lives in any kind of situation or circumstance. The second part in there that you mentioned was idolatry that I don't think a church speaks enough of. Right. How we idol, You could think like a soft drink, though, is not an idolization, but it is if it, if it prohibits you from a closer relationship. And then God says, hey, st- quit the soft drinks. Mm-hmm. And we don't do that. That is a barrier that we put ourselves in front of God and say, nah, I'm going to stick with my soft drink mm-hmm. more than I am with the relationship with God. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it, it could be, you know, you could look in, everybody could look in their life and see something maybe that, you know, God has told, you know, people get uh, caught up in these television shows and these reality shows, you know, they have to watch them, have to watch them, have to watch them. But what if you would take that enthusiasm and cut that show off and instead of watching that show, show God that God, I enjoy watching this, but you know what? I enjoy spending my time with you even more. It's not saying that the show you're watching is wrong, but show God that there's nothing in this world more important than my, my time with you because when you spend that time with him, that's where he removes those barriers and he takes those things away. And I think now more than ever, when you look at what uh, is trying to be forced down our throats in this nation with critical race theory teaching and, you know, uh, now they're wanting to, to teach our kindergarten and first grade, second grade and third you know, about uh, genders and being uh, transgender and not being able to know at certain ages what, what you maybe are. We, we, those are things that you, we have to pay attention because those things are sneaking in, even not in just our nation, but they're sneaking in to some denominations in the church. And if we listen to those things long enough, and we begin to believe them, you better believe that's a barrier. Right. You know, I mean, it's uh, it's unbelievable the things that I, I have heard people accept now that are Christians. Don't matter what the Word of God says, they accept it because they they feel like they need to be, well, we're taught to love everybody. You know, everybody's always talking about the love of God, but majority of people misrepresent and misteach the love of God because the Bible says that he chastens or corrects those that he loves. And I think a lot of churches, we've, ne- we've neglected the chastening part because we're scared we're going to lose a member. And if we lose a member, we're going to lose the tithe. And if we lose a tithe, now we're going to lose a little bit of the income that the church has. And we have to quit looking at those things and realize that if your pastor comes to you or a leader in the church with correction, receive that correction with love. It, it doesn't matter if you, you like it. I don't know anybody that likes being 
I never once can remember getting a spanking when I was growing up that I loved. I didn't remember doing anything wrong and thinking, man, if I do this, my dad's going to wear my tail out. I can't wait. Yeah. You know, but at the same time, if you having a child was out playing, they were playing in your yard and they run towards the road, are you just going to look at the kid and real softly because you don't want to upset them now? Now you need to come back here. You're going to get run over. You know, no, you're going to scream at the top of your lungs. You're going to run hard as you can and grab them and snatch them away. It may bruise their arm a little bit, but that wasn't done intentionally, but it was done because you love them and you do not want to see them get hurt. And, you know, we were talking a little bit before we got started with that is, you know, we have to correct children and if we don't, then they grow up having certain preconceived ideas of how things should be. And then when they start serving God because they have that mentality, now they've already, we've created growth barriers for them like we have ourselves. Yeah. I mean, that's a dangerous platitude to go on to. You know, we don't want to have the this, this self-conceived ideas and feeding that to the children of this day and time because this is a Everything changes uh, for every decade mm-hmm. that, that of, of, of uh, life that takes place. And so that's why you have the different generational type stuff um, that's going on in this day and time where, you know, you don't see the people that have the mentality of working harder. They feel like they have the mentality of working smarter. So, but, but that's, that's not something that's happened immediately. That's happened over time. Mm-hmm. And so, but like, even like teaching those things to children in this day and time creates another barrier that unless the church gets a hold of um, and starts addressing it, then we're going to have the more issues within the church 10 more years down the road and then another 10 years down mm-hmm. the road, and then another 10 years. And then that this, this starts getting chaotic. Um, I'm, I'm praying to God that Jesus comes back. <laughs> yeah. But, um, but I mean, these are the things that we see, and systematically, this is just taking time. I mean, if you look back, we if we go back and we look from the from the twenties to the thirties to the thirties to the forties to the forties to the fifties to the fifties to the sixties, how things have changed drastically. This doesn't even en- encompass the technology aspect of it. This is just systematically things have changed through those decades uh, and periods and pockets of time. But it's important, I think, for each believer to understand that. Uh, you have to be consecrated into the Word of God. You have to understand the Word of God for yourself. You have to know the Word of God. And then the second part of it is now as a parent and as an adult, you have to teach those. You have to have a um, an action behind it. Uh, you're not just a consumer. You're a contributor. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to contribute to uh, the cause of Christ. And you have to make that representation in your home, in your job, in your work, in your relationships, uh, in your friendships. Uh, if you p- start putting all those together, then we have less problems with within ourselves and within the church. Yeah. And, you know, touching on how much stuff has changed over the decades, if you if you look back even, you know, I'm, we're both products of the 70s. And when you look at the 80s, uh, the TV shows, uh, you know, it was, man, you, you barely could see uh, – much above a woman's knee, you might catch them in a bathing suit. 
Uh, there was no such really no such thing as sex scenes. Uh, but you start looking at these things and, and families were uh, portrayed on shows. It, it was, you know, a, a husband and a wife and their children. And then as the 90s progressed and even into the 2000s, now even your basic shows, uh, they're going to have, you know, they may not show anything, but they they insinuate sex scenes. And most of the time it's not between a husband and a wife. It's between the husband and somebody he works with or the wife and, you know, her personal trainer or whatever. Uh, you, you see children talking back to their parents, uh, being disrespectful, and, and you hear the audience laugh about it. And, you know, some people say, well, that's getting silly. But, yeah, but what has happened through the time is our minds have begun to accept that. We've been begin to say, "Well, okay, that's funny. I'm go, I'm going to watch it because it's funny." But our children are hearing that, so then when they disrespect us, and we go to correct them, they don't understand why we correct them because the show that we all watch, that's what they do, you know. And it's the same thing even with uh, homosexual homosexuality, you know. Now the way they do it, and it was it's very sneaky the way they were doing it was. They would let you start watching a show. Uh, this is just a few years back, you know, and you would begin to like the show and you would get interested in what was going on in the show. And one of the main characters, you would you would begin to like that person. And and you would think, man, I really like this, this, this dude. He's really cool. And then by the fifth or sixth episode, you find out that they're homosexual. And, you know, I'm gonna go ahead and throw this out. I'm not bashing people that are homosexual, God loves them, but he hates the sin. It don't matter how you cut it, how you shake it. It don't matter. Homosexuality is a sin. But going back to that show, most people process in their mind, well, I'm going to accept it because I like the show. Uh, the, the show has a good plot to it, and I want to watch it. But what we're doing is we're subconsciously accepting that as normal and as okay and as Christians, whether you want to believe it or not, the things you watch on TV, the things you allow in your spirit, they are growth barriers. They will cause you to, to, to plateau or to plane out, and God's not going to take you to another level of glory or to another you know, level of anointing in your life to walk in the fullness of God or the blessings of God until you take out the things that he calls an abomination or that he sees as a sin that's causing you to stumble, you know, and we, we, we're sometimes as parents, we're presetting growth barriers for our children, for that next generation when we don't even realize it by what we allow in our homes. Yeah. I, you know, that really started back in the late, uh, what was it? It's probably out like I love Lucy. They started taking, I think this is, I can't remember where you can find this information at, but they started taking the husband and started making him look like a buffoon. Mm -hmm. Like he's a blooming idiot. Yeah. And he has, he has no cognizance of where everything is. And I'm not saying that, uh, some of that can't be true at some points and sometimes, but <laughs> when you start doing that and you start diluting the husband's Role. ability, yeah. 
it gets perverted over time. So if you start within the 50s, 60s, 70s, and 80s, this again starts going generate generationally. Then you you always see these shows where, again, he may be the main character, but he's still an idiot. Yeah, they're playing the they're playing the husband as the idiot mm-hmm. in the in the series, and the woman is uh, the most sophisticated person in there. And then that doesn't make for a good family spot. No, No, because when people are watching that and millions of people have watched it over the years, they're looking to see that, hey, that the the person I married is an idiot. Yeah. And they primarily put that towards a husband. And so the husband has no clout with his wife. uh, And then, you know, they want to know why there's sort of this discombobulation within the family structure. And it's because, you know, they they simply just have diluted what a husband's role is in accordance to what the Bible says a husband's role is. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, that's something very important, you know, uh, and you really see it prevalent now where we see and we have begun to accept, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not against a woman that does a man's job. I, if she wants to do that, that's fine. I, I think women should be treated equally. Uh, but at the same time, you know, it's just like, you know, the Bible says, wife, submit to your husbands. It, it it doesn't mean that the husband is over top and ruling the woman with his foot on her neck. And if she messes up, he's there to pounce. A woman is to come alongside of me and a marriage is to be done side by side together. But there's things that a man should be able to do that a woman can't do. And there's things that a woman can do that a man can't do. I don't want to have no baby. You know, I watched my wife give birth to two healthy, beautiful children whom I love dearly. And I'm thankful for that. I couldn't have done it. Why? Because I'm not set up that way. That's not me. But at the same time, I don't want to see my my wife outside under the car changing the oil or putting an alternator on on a vehicle when why that's my job you know we have we we've got so slippery with de- defining roles uh that our children you know it's just like in the olympics now i mean the the one girl from i think tennessee or virginia she come in second place to a transgender well to me that's just that that guy took the woman out of her her gold medal her her opportunity but the world as a whole celebrates that and 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 you see if we allow those things in the church if we don't talk against those things uh you know i i've said it before from the pulpit i don't want to marry a woman that can whoop me <laughs> i don't you know i i, I don't want a manly woman I want my my wife is supposed to be feminine. She's female. That's why I was attracted to her. You know, I I don't want a woman that can whoop me. Uh, But at the same time, I'm not saying I need to whoop a woman, but I'm the man. I'm supposed to be the protector, the provider, you know, and she is to be the nurturer. And, you know, we, we, in the church, we've got off of that because we're so worried about who we're going to offend and who we're not that, you know, we're setting up these barriers that not only keep us as a family, your family unit, or you personally from growing, but
but we're setting up barriers that keep the church from growing and moving forward. Well, I think one of the things that you said right there that goes to prove sometimes these agendas that we see, whether that be through the LGBTQ, whatever other number you want to associate there, is I look at one of the things that you said there is how selfish those individuals have become, which, again, selfishness is another barrier that it, it, that comes against some of the things that we see. And is you, it doesn't apply to the to 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 the things of God, when we look at the fruits of the spirit, selfishness is not in there. Right. It's not in there. So, uh, when, when people try to try to push themselves beyond, um, when they try to push themselves beyond, um, you know, situations or circumstances, again, like this transgender did, it only pushed women's sports to the background. Mm-hmm. And that individual has become had become selfish in trying to just go after a goal because he couldn't win a goal as a man. As a man, right. And that's, that's again, what are we teaching our kids? What are we teaching children in, in this day and time? Are we going to allow them to continue to walk in these types of things? Um, and so it's very important and critical to uh, understand that you got to, it's all aspects of our lives and the tangibles that, our kids are seeing um, if you don't start teaching them the correct things of the word of the word of God and teaching them how to pray, how to understand the word of God, how to, how to apply the word of God, how to uh, be resourceful with the word of God. If, if we don't do that now, then again, we're perpetuating generations after generations of the next, whatever, whatever hypothesis anybody else wants to believe at that time. Right. Yeah. And you know, that's the other thing that we we've um, we have to realize that in this day and time, you know, when you look at when you look at inflation, you look at your gas prices, you look at what your grocery bill is every week. Uh, it just keeps going up and up and up, but the portions keep getting smaller and smaller and smaller. You know, I walked out of the grocery store the other day with four or five bags of groceries, and it was a hundred and ninety dollars. What did you buy? Nothing. (laughs) Just normal stuff to get you through the week. But we, you know, people say, well, yeah, but I'm just believing God for my finances and he's going to see us through. Yeah, he will. But he will see those through that are diligently seeking him. You, you You can't claim the provisions of God when the only time you spend with him is on a Sunday. You know, I, I told a guy a while back, he was talking about he was frustrated. God wasn't doing things for him. And I said, well, let me ask you a question. He said, what? I said, how much money do you have in your bank? He said, well, I got, I don't know, maybe $300 in my checking. I said, you got any in savings? He said, ah, probably about the same, maybe a little more. I said, so why don't you go to the bank and withdraw $2,000? He said, well, I can't. I said, why? He said, because I don't have that much in there. I said, you see, it's the same thing spiritually. You can't withdraw from God more than what you're willing to put in because it's about relationship. You know, you have to be able to, if you spend time with God, he's going to spend time with you. And we have to teach not only ourselves that we have to spend time with God daily, we also have to let our children see that so that they understand that they have to spend time with God daily. Because when your children get to the age of accountability, 
they're no, no longer riding on your coattail, you know, spiritually speaking. And we have to be open to be able to teach our children the, the principles of God, the precepts of God, how to live a Christian life. You know, a lot of times people think that, that once you become a Christian, you're no longer cool. You no longer can have fun. You know, and I'm kind of like my dad says, I double dog dare anybody to have more fun than I have. You know, you still can have fun, but fun for some reason with the world has a, a connotation that if it's fun, it's sinful. No, you're just trying to have the wrong kind of fun. You know, God created fun. I always tell people, God's got a sense of humor. If you don't believe it, go look in the mirror. You know, but we have to look at our lives. If we're not growing with God, if we're struggling financially, we'll look at finances. If if I'm believing God to, to meet my needs and I'm believing God to, to bless my finances, one, am I a tither? If you're not a tither, there's barrier number one. Two, am I a giver? If you're not a giver, there's barrier number two. You know, God, there's, there's principles in his word and there's instructions in his word. And he says, if you'll tithe, he said, I'll rebuke the devourer for your name's sake. So if you're a tither, if you're a giver, then you have a right to claim for finances. But anytime you're believing God in an area and it seems like you're not getting anywhere, don't get mad at the preacher. Don't get mad at God. Just take a deep breath, step back, and begin to take an assessment of your life and ask God to show you. And, and God's a gentleman. He'll show you. Just, God, is there something in my life that I'm doing that I don't see that is preventing the thing I'm praying for, the thing I'm believing for, from coming to me. And most of the time, he'll reveal them to you. And you have to have the mindset, whether it's something as simple like with me, a sun drop, whether it's a TV show, whether it's, uh, you know, your kids getting to do something. You know, I think sometimes we think if our, we tell our kids, no, it's going to warp their personality. Well, in reality, because we always tell our kids yes, you know, I think the world's worst thing we've ever done in sports is participation trophies. <laughs> that that teaches your children uh, you don't have to do good. You don't have to excel at it. Just show up. Yeah. And and we, we've taught our children now that you don't have to, to put in the work. You don't have to. And, and see, well, how does that relate to me serving God? Because now our children are growing up because they got participation trophies all through school for just showing up that, hey, all I got to do is show up at church. I don't have to put any work in. You know, and I've said this. I wish this would have been a phrase I, I could have cloned myself, but I didn't. Uh, I don't know who said it, but it, I like it, and I say it a lot. The word works, but you've got to work the word. Yeah. And when you work that word, those barriers that are in your life keeping you from that will begin to come down. Yeah, and I, I mean, I think that's that segues into like the church. It's the same way. Again, a, a large portion of the church that they, they've always throw this statistic: ten percent of the the church now work, and then the ninety percent basically consume that. Mm -hmm. You know, they just consumers. They mm -hmm. they just sit there on Sunday. They take it all in, and there's never application after that. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, how, but how do we get past that, Wes? What's the what's the things that we can do to get past some of those growth barriers, especially within the church? Well, I mean, I think you have to. We as leaders, uh, we have to seek God. What direction is He wanting us to move in? What What is He wanting us to preach? You know, a lot of times, and I'm not knocking people that preach series. I, I think some series I've watched are good, but I know of churches that you have uh, you have committees that plan what the pastor is going to preach. Yeah, those people are standing between the pastor and the one that called him to the ministry. They don't have the authority to tell that pastor what he is and isn't going to preach. As long as he's preaching the word of God, it comes from God. It's none of their business. Their job is to receive it. Right. You know, I think that's a big thing. You know, another thing is the church has shied away from preaching politics. Well, you, we've got to have separation of church and state. 